guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. Good morning, soldiers. I'm so good. Oh, that was awful. Good morning, soldiers. That's much better. Y'all salute me. I'm trying to work on this salute. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I used to be all over the place, and she'd say, that ain't how you do it. But I just want to welcome to everyone that's in this house today. And listen, I also want to welcome all those that are watching on YouTube because we're gaining followers, and we're getting more and more people that are watching uh, doing that. So I just want to reach out. I want to thank Amy. I want to thank her team. Come on, let's give it up. Y'all Y'all don't see the work that goes on behind this to try to get the word out to, to other people. So thank you all for watching. And man, was Trunk or Treat great or what? And let me tell you what, I was one tired Santa Claus at the end of that day. There was people like, what are you doing playing Santa? I said, hey, we want to shake it up just a little bit. You wasn't expecting Santa Claus, was you? And man, did I have a, woo, Mrs. Claus, you looked so good yesterday. Come on, give it up for Mrs. Claus. She has some cookies. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't hardly eat no food yesterday. And I had Kit Kats and chocolate chip cookies. And I had all of this stuff. And by the time 6 o'clock rolled on, I was crashed. I mean, too much sweets. And I don't eat that many sweets. But we had a great time. There was hundreds of people. I don't know the exact count. Does anybody know exactly how many? We'll know tomorrow. But we had hundreds of people come by. And here's what, got, here's what I thought. This, it was a free event. We did sell some soft drinks, something, but there was people that actually came up to us and said, thank you so much for providing this for our community. Pastor Johnny said that at pre-service prayer. It wasn't for us, it was for them. And sometimes we have to, sometimes we gotta get outside of ourselves and do something for someone outside of what we do. I wanna thank each and every person that showed up here that stayed all day. Some of you stayed here till eight o'clock last night cleaning up, uh, Jason, Thank you so much for getting that crew together and getting this church back together. And my gosh, there was trash everywhere. I said to somebody, I said, next year we're having candy with no wrappers. Everybody said, they ain't gonna work out. I said, hey, M&Ms have no wrappers. I can just go out and go, hey, kids, catch. I picked up so many wrappers. It, it's not even funny, but we're going on. We're in a series called Basic Training. If this is your first time here, I don't normally dress like that and uh, dress like this, but man, I'm getting to where I like this. I don't have to pick out my clothes. I get up and I get to wear whatever I wanted to like this. This is great. But we're in a series called Basic Training, and, and we're going to look back. I'm going to give you a little, bit, a little bit of an overview of what we've talked about, and we still have a couple more weeks, but... Um, as we continue with this, we address what spiritual warfare was and what it looks like. We looked at who our enemy is and also the training that's behind, that's involved in fighting against this war. And over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about the equipment and the weapons that we need to use to fight. I, I, I remember working at Big O and, and I was there and the, one of the guys was getting married and they were going to go out and going to go paintballing, right? Well, they picked a day, Sunday, they were going to go Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, and being the Christian halo-wearing guy that I was, I said, sorry, guys, I can't go. I've got church. So they all went paintballing. That Monday morning, they, they showed up there, and, and 
Listen, let me tell you this. You can't go paintballing unless you have the basic equipment. You have to have a gun and you have to have ammo. But there's a lot of other equipment that's involved in going. Anybody go paintballing in here and ever been? Okay. There's a lot of other equipment that's involved in that. There's a helmet, there's a face shield, there's padded armor, there's gloves, and there's extra ammo. These guys had to be first-timers because they came in here. They had bruises all over their bodies. I mean, their necks and their chests, and, and, and they had to be first-timers because they didn't put all of the equipment on. But listen, let me tell you something. In life, you're going to get hit. In life, you're going to be bruised. But the more, the more and the right kind of equipment that you have, it makes the hits do a lot, a lot less damage if you have the right equipment on. Soldiers... We as Christian soldiers are expected to put on the right armor and the right equipment to fight against the battle and the enemy that we're going against right now. The more alert we are, the more ready we are to fight, the more equipment we're going to want to put on. You know why? Because it gives us a better opportunity and a better chance to fight and win the battles that are out there. Come on, we're in a battle out there. Anybody in a battle this Man, it seems like since we started talking about spiritual warfare, I've been fighting and, and battling. And, and, but you know what? It's been good because it's kind of brought a different perspective to me. It's kind of showed me that I need to start fighting again. So many times we get complacent. So many times we get, oh, let's do church and let's go. But, but it gives you a better perspective when you know that not only are you fighting for yourself, you're fighting for everyone around you too. We are fighting a battle, not just for our families. We're fighting a battle for what's happening out there in the heavenly places. Listen, it says in Isaiah, in the Old Testament, it talks about the Lord, and it offers the same armor that he protects himself with. Look, look at what Isaiah says. It says, he puts on righteousness as his body armor, and he placed the helmet of salvation on the head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in a cloak of divine passion. Making use of his armor helps us to become more like him. How many wants to put on the same things Jesus puts on every day? Come on. Let's read Ephesians here. It says a final word. It says, be strong in the Lord. I love them little Power Rangers coming up yesterday. They had them muscles off. Made me want to just be, get a Power Ranger. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They had them built-in muscles. And a few of them, I said, man, you look strong. And he went, <laughs> But the Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. So you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, come on, after on the other side of the battle, you will be still standing firm. Come on, can I get, we can still be standing firm on the other side of the battle. It says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For his shoes, put on peace that comes from God, from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Man, if just reading that doesn't get you fired up, I don't, your fired upness is broke. Whew, gets me fired up. I'm sweating already. 
The, I sweat standing still though, if you didn't know that. The equipment and weapons needed are the shoes of peace. How many need peace in their life? The shield of faith. We need to be able to get those arrows, I mean, those fiery darts that he's shooting at us out, right? Pastor Minnie's gonna be bringing the word next week and bringing you those two pieces of our equipment. We also need the belt of truth. We live in a world right now where we don't know what side's what. We don't know what's, what to believe and what not to believe. And listen, we gotta grab hold of the sword of the spirit, which is an offensive weapon. And we got a special guest coming. Nicole Rowan will be in the house that morning. Oh, it was... I told her, I was going to send her some notes on just what we had talked about. She said, I've never had anybody send notes to me, but she said, that's right down my alley. So she said she will be ready to preach this message. But today, I want to talk about the helmet of salvation and how to protect your mind. Understanding who you are in Christ, because it all starts right here. I'm also going to talk about the breastplate of righteousness. I didn't have a Kevlar vest. I wish I did, but I don't. The breastplate or the body armor of righteousness. And what even is righteousness? And why should we put it on? But right now, we're going to look at the helmet. I want to thank Jack Cook for this helmet. This thing is heavy, y'all. I don't even know if I'm going to have to wear it the whole time. Oh, I look official now. Come on. But let's take the helmet of salvation. What does a helmet do? The helmet protects the soldier's head from attacks, right? I got a hard head anyway. This thing is really, really hard. It needs to be strong enough to give the soldier confidence when he goes into battle. Why? Because it protects a vital order or organ called what? The brain. If the brain is wounded, the ability to think is out the door. If the brain is altered, your decisions will not be made clearly. Come on, anybody ever have an altered brain and you made some wrong decisions and you made some bad decisions and you made some crazy decisions because your mind was altered in those things. It protects your mind. You know what? There's old sayings, and this is Pastor Minnie's favorite. She said, I'm about to lose my ever-loving mind. And most of the time she's saying that when she's referring to me. Hey, nobody, I don't hear a yep down there. We've also heard mind, it's mind over matter. And, and we also heard, I got a half a mind. And you ever heard this one? Let me give a piece. Let me just give you a piece of my mind. You might want to say to him, I don't think you got any to spare. But there is a battle for your mind. But the mind is the battlefield. And it's the hardest one to overcome because the mind is the processor. It's the storehouse of our beliefs and our ideas. And listen to these statistics. It's an estimated there's 48 thoughts per minute. You have 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Pastor Minnie will look at me sometimes and I'm staring off and you husbands will probably be able to agree with this one. And she'll say, well, what are you thinking? And I'll give her the typical answer, nothing. She said, you gotta be thinking something. I was like, I'm really not thinking anything. I'm staring at the plant and I'm looking at it thinking it's green and that may be all. Well, you're thinking something, but listen to this. 98% of your thoughts are the same thoughts. It's crazy. We are creatures of habit. And here's another baffling statistic. Listen, 80%, because the world we live in, of those thoughts that we are in are negative thoughts. 
And you know negative thoughts are what? Draining. Oh, they suck the life out of you. Thoughts like I'm never going to or I should have or I can't. And it leads to whining and complaining. Whiners in the house. Oh, y'all, hey, we got some whiners that are shaking. They're actually raising their hands. But I thought this was very interesting. It says thoughts that diminish our worth are proven medically, listen, to deplete the body producing chemicals that weaken us physically. So what you think your body... I'm going to read that again. Thoughts that diminish our worth. Come on, we got to start thinking better of ourselves. Are proven medically to deplete the body by producing chemicals that weaken us physically. What you think is what you'll be. If you get up every day and you say, I'm going to be sick or I'm going to feel bad or I'm going to be, you're probably going to be sick or you're probably going to feel bad. No wonder at the end of the day we're exhausted. We lay down and all these thoughts are just being rehearsed in our minds. But why do we think this way? Because we live in a fallen world. We live in a bad world. The Bible says their minds were blinded. I mean, I feel Pentecostal up in here this morning. Their minds were blinded. Y'all, some of y'all don't even know what, what that means. But <laughs> Second Corinthians says this, but I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere, listen, sincere. Some of us are sincerely following after Christ and our minds are still being led astray, amen? Come on, anybody else battle with that one? Everybody in this room gonna have to go up with their hands. Sincerely and pure devotion to Christ. He started playing mind games with Eve. He, he caused her to have doubts. He said, did God really say that? Are you sure he said that? He, want, he, he got doubt started, then he, he went to uncertainty. He brought forth bad thoughts towards God. What was God's reason for holding out on you? Come on. Why couldn't you eat of that tree? God must know that he, he's, he tried to get her to think thoughts towards God that he was holding out on her. Here's what also he did. He wanted her to question the truth. You're not really going to die. That's just God trying to scare you to death. Y'all ever have a thought like that? You're, you're not really gonna go bad. That's just God trying to make you feel like you're gonna feel that way. But most of all, what he did, he got hold of her pride and her ego, and he said, if you eat this fruit, guess what? You're gonna be like God. Man, she was ready to latch onto that. I told you it's all the woman's fault anyway. Out here. Oh, boo, I'm in trouble. Watch Jack. There you go, Jack. Come on. You got you. He just got hit in the head there. You want the helmet back? <laughs> Woo. But he uses, if he can't control us, he's going to distract us. What you see, what you hear, and what you experience, what you listen to, what your words come out of your mouth, the things that you watch on television, it's going to be what you react to. He uses what we say also. Can I just tell you all something? The devil cannot read your mind. I'm going to say that again. He cannot read your mind. So it's very important what comes out of your mouth. The Bible says there's life and death in the power of tongue. If you get up each day again and you start speaking death over yourself, before too long you're going to be living in death. He can't read your mind, so don't give him any ammunition to use against you. Remember, what you say is what you get. Pastor Minnie plays this little funny game with Cade. Cade is his name, not Bubba. 
Just wanted to let y'all know. I called him Bubba three or four times. She said, they might, they might not even think he has a name. Kate is her grandbaby, if you didn't know that. She plays this really cute game with him, and she puts him up against the couch and puts his hand behind his back. She said, who? Get up against that car. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be. It's really cute, and he's laughing, but I said, his daddy experienced that a couple of times in real life. <laughs> so we're hoping we don't ever repeat that. But anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of the devil's law. But here's the thing about God. He stands in the gap, and he makes, he's an advocate for you. And whatever the devil says, oh, I, oh, hey, hold on just a minute. That's not true. Be careful what comes out of your mouth because he can use it against you. Your words have power of life and death. Thoughts can also keep you captive. How? They use shame and regret. Oh, those are big ones, right? They keep us stuck in the past. It keeps us from trying new things. It keeps us from moving forward. So many times we rehearse it, we play it over, and we, we rehearse it, and we play it over. We hit rewind, and we play it over again, and the enemy keeps using that. But listen to me. Let's understand, it's not about what you used to do. It's about what you're doing now. I said this yesterday at that funeral. I said, you can't change the past. But you can do something about the present, and you can do something about where you're going. You can't change the past, but so many times we live in regret, we live in the past. We have to change our way of thinking. Romans 12, 2, probably y'all could quote this one. It's been quoted in, in churches. It says, do not be conformed to this world. Because if you're conformed to this world, you're in a lot of trouble. But, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be transforming by the renewing of your mind. What transform, yes, there's the definition, is to change the nature or condition or to convert. Many have changed their direction, but not their thoughts. We've gone a different direction. We, we're, we're not going here or we're not going there. But our thought patterns are still going there. I'm guilty of that. My thought patterns are still going. Even though I've stopped that, I've asked the Lord Saturday to give me some new thoughts. I said, I, wanna, I don't want to think the way that I've, that I've thought about these last several years. I want to start thinking new thoughts. In the last couple of days, I've been thinking new thoughts because I've been thinking of him. Many things, we've changed our directions, not our thoughts. But we're still feeding our minds with, I'll always be. I'm a failure. Just because you failed, that doesn't make you a failure. I actually read the whole book, John Maxwell's Failing Forward. The whole book. And he says, just because you, you failed, failing is part of life. It's where we learn. It's where we grow. But we're still feeding with this, why does everything, why does everything always happen to me? That sounds like a country song, don't it? And then we let our feelings control us. Oh, Lord, I don't feel like it. If you don't feel like going to work, lg and still going to turn your electricity off. I don't feel like paying my cell phone bill. Well, you're going to die when your cell phone dies. Come on, AT&T Towers went down a, a, a couple years ago, and I thought people were going to kill themselves. For two. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We went crazy over that. You don't feel like it. Sometimes you just have to. You cannot live by your feelings or you'll always be all over the place. You ever have people that live by their feelings? <laughs> That's where they live. They live all over the place. But renew is, is the act of making new. You've got to start confessing the truth over your feelings. 
Here's a good one. You got to start fighting lies with the truth. You have the liar that's in your ear all day long trying to tell you something. And when the enemy comes in, he tries to tell you this is true. But when he tells you something, you need to say, no, the word says this. It says, I am an overcomer. I am a child of God. I am a new creation. The old things have passed away, and therefore I am new now. You have to sometimes speak those things. and you got, That's what Jesus did. The devil came after and tempted him all over the place, and Jesus said, it is written. And he ran. Renewing is going, oh, here's a good one. Renewing is going to God sooner with your thoughts and troubles rather than later. How many is guilty of that? I love everybody's participation today. When the day goes on and you don't change your way of thinking, it gets harder and harder and harder to get over that mind, right? If you wait till the end of the day, your, your mind is a mess. It makes it harder to get over it because your mind has been flooded and inundated with lies all day long. But when you go to him right away, I'm talking about right as soon as you start having that thought. As soon as, I'm trying to be practical. I don't care if you're in your car. I don't care if you're in your bedroom. I don't care if you're at work. Sometimes, oh, sometimes at work you got to. I'm with my employees, you know. I'm kidding. I'm getting in trouble. But sometimes you got to take that thought captive wherever you are. Because if you let it go all day long, before too long, it's turned into something that it really never was. You ever had a problem and all of a sudden it's went so many days and weeks and you've dreaded it and it turned into something big and then you have, you got to take our thoughts captive. Second Corinthians 10, five says this, we demolish every argument and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought, and we make it be obedient to Christ. Here's an example. Y'all want an example? That, that's, that's hard to read. Here's an example. I saw a spot on my arm. I've never seen this spot before. Oh my gosh. What if it's cancer? Oh my gosh, it's probably cancer. I'm probably gonna die. Y'all know that? There's a spot, I've never seen it before, and I'm probably going to die. Listen, our thoughts are naturally going to run rampant with fear and worry, but if you capture them before they begin taking you in a downward spiral, you're gonna find out that you can get hold of them and you can capture them. If you recognize a neg negative or a limiting thing, you can capture, here's an example here. What's this spot on my arm? Uh, I'm gonna watch it for a couple weeks, and if it changes, if it doesn't get better in a couple weeks, I'm gonna go see a doctor. And I'll call the doctor and let him check it out. But in the meantime, I'm going to trust God that he is in control. In the meantime, I'm going to understand that he is the great physician. I refuse to let this little spot, I refuse to let this thought, I refuse to let all of this thing diminish me and take my thoughts for the rest of the week. You see what a difference that makes right there when you change your perspective Listen, I grew up in a very, very negative home and I still battle with negativity. And sometimes I have to take a thought and say, no, because my natural tendency is to go downward, downward. We have to learn how to transform our minds. Humility helps us transform our minds and renew our minds. When a good soldier does his job, he doesn't wait for a medal, does he, Jack? He says, it's my duty, sir, 
That's the kind of humility that we need in God's army. Hey, we don't have to have all the accolades. We don't have to have the position. We don't have to have everything else. We just need to do our job. Humble yourselves. James 4.10 says this. It says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Being in right relationship with God starts with humility and humility, being humble means you don't inflate yourself. You don't advance yourself and you don't promote yourself. They see in the army the good quality of the soldier and that's how he gets, that's how he gets promoted. Right, Jack? A humble heart would say on the bottom instead of getting ahead by any means. Humility is this. It's understanding who God is. It's approaching him with humility and reverencing him. Sometimes I said you got to get back on your knees and place yourself in a position before God. And it places you in the right position, not behind God, not in front. So many of us are way behind, but yet there's so many of us that are way ahead of God. We're trying to figure it out. And God said, if you'll just stay right here and get in a place of humble. Oh, I'm about to take you somewhere, but you got to learn how to stay right here. When When we get in the right position, we can actively hear what God is saying. And we can be right where he wants us. Man, I'm sweating. I must be doing okay. So what kind of mind should I have? Corinthians says we need to have a ready mind. Prepared to do something. Just like that radio station that's a little out of tune. We need to get back in tune with God. Does that not annoy you when you're trying to hear a song? I'll just click, bye, goodbye. Especially in eastern Kentucky. How many of y'all got some static going on up in those hills? Come on, I got some Eastern Kentucky folk up in here. You know what I'm talking about. You're trying to hear a song, and man, it, oh, y'all city folk don't even know what that means. You just click on and go on. But you've got to be in tune to what God's saying. You also have to have a willing mind. 2 Corinthians says this. So if there's first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what he has and not according to what he does not have. A quick mind, you have to be quick to react and respond, ready to serve without being persuaded. So many times we want to serve, but we got to be persuaded to do it. Instead of being AWOL, we need to be available for action. A ready and willing mind does that. Colossians 3.2 says we need, to have, we need to set our minds on things above not on the things of earth. We need to start thinking about the good things instead of everything around us. A mindset is a fixed mental attitude. We have to fix our minds. We have to set our minds on the things that are good because there's so much crap going on around it. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that in church, but sorry. But the good news is this. We have the mind of Christ. It says, let this mind be in, be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. It says, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. We have to renew, we have to refresh, and we have to revive our minds every day. What else does the helmet do? It identifies who you are. When you, are, when you accept Jesus, you get the helmet of salvation. And salvation is not possible without Jesus. There is no other way but Jesus. I don't know how you can put... I see these bumper stickers and there's 43 different ways and Jesus is somewhere in the middle. Can I tell you, if he ain't on the top, you need to take the marker and mark the rest of them out. There is no other way under heaven and earth but through Jesus Christ. Salvation is not possible. He offers salvation to everyone 
It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter your economic background. He, it doesn't matter what your past is. He offers it to everyone, and it's the greatest gift you could, he could ever give you. That's why it's so important we have to get up and put this helmet on each and every day. Don't give the enemy any ground. I want to remind you that you are a child of God. You are a joint heir with Jesus. You are the head and not the tail. You are blessed and not cursed. You are forgiven and not rejected. You are above and not belief. Whew. Whew, man. I'm only half done, y'all. Another piece of equipment is the breastplate of righteousness. A breastplate of a soldier was sometimes made of woven chain and used to cover the soldier's vital organs. Like the Roman breastplate and also the body armor, it protects your vital organs like the lungs, the heart, and the arteries. The heart is one of the most important things because it pumps life-giving blood all throughout your body. But what does the heart mean spiritually? There's some sayings that says, hey, man, he really put his whole heart into it. And, and, oh, he's all heart. I said it about man. No. She's all heart. She has a very big heart. He had a heart for the moment. We hear all of those things, and sometimes you wonder, what in the world are they even talking about? But the heart spiritually represents the central wisdom as opposed to our head wisdom. It's where compassion comes from. It's where understanding comes from. It's where emotions come from. And it's where our affections come from. And that's why we have to first guard it. Proverbs 4.23 says this. It says, guard your heart above all else. For it determines, listen, the course of your life. If you don't guard it and keep it protected, it's going to take you all over the place. Jeremiah said this. He says, the human heart is most deceitful. It's going to take you places where you really don't want to go. She told me to slow down. I got slow. All things. And desperately wicked. Who knows how bad it is? Is your heart pure before God? Let me tell you why. All the issues of life start in your heart. Our words, our attitudes, and our motives. You have to protect your heart by not allowing a bad attitude to continue. You can grab hold of it and say, okay, I'm not going to think the way it is. Don't say anything unkind about your neighbor. Proverbs said a gossip will separate close friends. Anybody been separated by gossip? Has anybody been separate, had their heart broken because of gossip and things that have been said about them? Guard your heart. Whenever you enter the battlefield, Satan will attempt to hurt your most vulnerable areas. And you may suffer some injuries, but listen to me. God arms us with the breastplate of righteousness to prevent fatal blows from the enemy. Yes, you're going to be knocked down, but not out. Yes, you're going to be bruised, but you're not going to be killed. He, do, he puts these things on you to protect you. You're going to go through some things, but we have to put the helmet and the breastplate of righteousness on. What does righteousness even mean? Righteousness simply means right standing with God. Righteousness is God's holiness and perfection. And it comes through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross and when he came back out of that grave. Jesus took our place. Oh, he took our punishment. We deserved it. You know that? We deserved everything that Jesus took for us. And here's what else he did. He died for us so that we could live for him. He covers us with his righteousness. He protects us from the attacks of the enemy on our minds and our hearts. And when you come to Jesus, you're declared righteous. 
No matter what the enemy tries to tell you, when you've made a commitment to Jesus, you're declared righteousness in the courtrooms of heaven. But righteousness doesn't come with just saying a prayer once, about to get in trouble, and then going on with our lives like we normally do. Righteousness doesn't come from good works. It doesn't come from going to church occasionally or even good church attendance. It doesn't go from reading all chapters of the Bible. And it doesn't go from community service. If we don't walk in the path that God has set before us, the things that we do have no value. I'm gonna say that again. If you don't walk in the way God wants you to walk, the things you're trying to do to get to the places where you're trying to go have no value. Whew, these are hard words. I'm sweating hard up here. But listen, I've always heard this, uh, this verse and I studied it. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And I always thought that, man, I've got to be scared. I've raised, you got to be scared to death. I've got to work this thing out because I might lose it. But what work it out means, it means humility and reverence to God. It doesn't mean fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. Fear does not come from God. It comes from the enemy. Being obedient in the process of sanctification and what sanctification means is God shaping you and making you into everything to be more like him each day. Can I tell you something? In this life, you'll have troubles, you'll have tribulations, but listen, he's overcome the world. You gotta get to the end of this thing. You're, one day, you're gonna be perfect. I have a perfect wife, but one day she's gonna be even more perfect. And when you get to the end of that, that's when God makes you perfect. And sanctification is that hard process of walking each day. I'm taking one step. I'm gonna take one step. I told God the other, the other morning, God, I just start, I just start wanting to take one, one step with you every day. I get so defeated when I don't do what I should do. Paul said the same thing. I, I do what I don't wanna do and all these. I said, God, I just wanna turn around and take one step towards you. And even if it's a small one, I want to take another one. I want to take another one. Then I want to take another one. Until I find myself, come on, the more steps you take forward, you're going to find yourself in a place you never thought you'd be, in a better place. <sighs> when you focus on right living and honoring and obeying God and saying no to sin, then you're actively, actively living out what salvation looks like. Let's all stand if we would, please. Bottom line is this. Satan's after your heart. He's after your mind. He's looking for any crack in your armor. And don't be fooled. He knows where your cracks are. He knows where your weaknesses are. He knows where your thoughts are. He knows where your past is. And he's going to use everything against you and try to pierce through those vulnerable places. Maybe this morning... You've been battling with your mind. I've had a lot of people talking to me about that. Well, what we have to do, it's time to put back on the helmet of salvation. You've been battling with your mind. You have to know that when you put this helmet on, it guards your mind. And there's a gift called salvation that is absolutely free to you. If it's free, it's for you. 
It's free, but it costs Jesus everything. This morning, I'm gonna ask you, maybe you've never accepted Jesus. Maybe you've never put that helmet of salvation on and worn it. It's simple, a simple prayer, but also a working out your salvation is going out and doing this prayer. You can simply say, Jesus, I'm sorry. We try to make it so complicated sometimes, but just say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I messed up. I've sinned. Will you please forgive me and come into my heart? I accept your free gift today, right now. The prayer team is gonna be up here on the left and the right. If you wanna talk and them agree to you, the altars are open. Sometimes taking a step out of your comfort zone, taking a step out of the place where you're at. Like I said the other, the other morning, I just said, God, I wanna start taking different steps. Because the ones I've been taking have led me sideways sometimes. I think that step that you can take out sometimes changes everything. But listen to me, soldiers. Maybe you've had some heart issues. Maybe your heart's been broken. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe your heart's, heart's just hard. It's built up calluses around it. I'm gonna ask you right now, worship begins with the heart. What they're getting ready to do is not just sing a song. It's about to open up. This is how we fight our battles. Worship is my warfare. And let me tell you something. You need to start fighting from a place of elevation instead of a valley. So many of us are always fighting our battles, uh, laying on the ground, and we're just like, oh, we just, I just don't know how I'm ever gonna get up. God says, I wanna take you to a higher elevation because when you're higher, in, in, when you're talking about uh, strategies in war, you always wanna have the higher elevation. You know why? We allow our problems to sit on top of us, but we need to start sitting on top of our problems. So start fighting from a different elevation. You gotta start knowing, somebody in here needs to know who you are and whose you are this morning. You've been fighting this identity crisis and you haven't been able to figure it out. And let me tell you, you are a child of the most high God. You're a joint heir with Jesus. That means you have the same rights and privileges as Jesus had. Start fighting from that elevation. You have Jesus and the Holy Spirit each and every day to take you, to lead you, to guide you. Here's the good news, and I'm leaving you with this. We already won. We need to start fighting from a place of victory instead of defeat. We've already won. So this morning, as he gets ready to sing, I'm gonna ask you to take a step out. Step out. If you need to step out for salvation, there's somebody here to pray with you. I'll be up here to pray with you. If you need something from God this morning, he's here today. Maybe you just need a, a renewal. Maybe you just need, oh man, I just need a, my heart checked. He's here today. Come and see. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon.